Welcome, Under the Husk. It is Thursday, September 28th, the last pod in the month of September. We're moving into spooky season soon. Gino's got the pumpkin beer next to me. We got the Oktoberfest on deck, uh, and we're ready to talk about some football. Gino, how we doing over there? Doing well. Recovering from that loss, and Daddy Kong put a beat down on me. But hey, this week, it's a little cross-division rivals. Can't wait to play my first new opponent of Palestine. That's going to be an interesting one. Who do you so got new that. opponent? The shrimpiest. The shrimpiest. Ooh, you do get the shrimp. Some people right. are calling that a bye week out in these streets, but crazier things have happened. Uh, you are recovering from a loss. I am trying to recover from a win one of these weeks. Uh, 0-3, it's highly documented, and I have a tough matchup against Boats this week. So, uh, Fraud. The, the pod goes on, but uh, internally, the, the Dome is having some circuit breaker malfunctions, and, and we're making sure that our people are still safe. Look, if we're both 0 and 10, we're having the best week 11 pod that you could imagine. So that our, our record. Oh, this is change. a sanctuary. These Thursday pods are a sanctuary. It is the best part of my week, and that's saying something because I got a pretty damn good week. <laughs> <laughs> Gino is getting no ass. Ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we did have a trade today. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw it. It did kind of go under the radar. It was alerted to the commissioner at around noon today. I was at Bread and Butter getting my salad. Uh, but there was a trade, an intra-divisional trade between the Phantoms and DMP uh, after the injury to Jimmy G and just uh, maybe some general need to bolster the QB room. DMP acquires Bustin Fields and a... Third round pick. I don't remember whose third it is. Gino, do you mine. have that up? It was and, mine. And HHC's third round pick. Uh, in exchange for the Evil Stevie second round pick in 2024. No, and that's your third, right? That he sends back? Um, the, the Phantoms is sending. Yours? My third. Whose third is, is EP sending? Both Evil Stevie's. Both of Stevie's thirds. Yes. So, uh, both of his second and his third. So, an interesting trade. Uh, there, you know, we won't go into full detail due to HIPAA rules, but there were talks that this trade uh, included a first round pick uh, no more than seven days ago. Gino, what do you think about this overall? And then, then we'll get into the previews. I tell you, the biggest player involved in this trade is the one that got dropped, in my opinion, is Jimmy G. Now I think someone could go out and bid on Jimmy G as opposed to giving away assets. Look, I think the Phantoms had a stockpile of young quarterbacks, uh, young and cheap quarterbacks, might I add. Bryce Young's been hurt. C.J. Stroud's been great. Um, but I think the Phantoms could have moved off of one. Now, he apparently he had a better trade offer on the table last year. Um, but as far as EP and DMP, He's going all in. Started off 3-0. and Jimmy G got hurt. He is trading for a young quarterback that he could keep not only for this year but beyond. I like the aggressive move on DMP. And then, oh, what do you know? It's week three, and the Phantoms still might be tanking. Well, like myself, the Phantoms are 0-3. So if it were ever a question, uh, the scenario has op- absolutely presented himself with the tanking opportunity. Uh, so we'll see. That trade is, of course— Obviously, Justin Fields uh, 
playing this year will determine most of it, but we got to see what those picks turn into, how Evil Stevie finishes up, and where those picks end up in each round. So it'll be interesting, but uh, first glance, in my opinion, it is uh, a little bit of a sell low on Bradley's behalf. I would agree, um, but you never know because Buston Fields has been ass. He does look to be a two very bad, bad quarterback. I just think he cannot process at a very high speed, and you have to be a thrower in this NFL to be successful. Well, and He could run around and make plays, which is good for fantasy, but there is a line. A direct quote saying, this is, this is a text message from Bradley today when we were discussing the trade, but Fields can't get to a third read to save his life. Death sentence in the NFL. So that's his thought process. Enjoy him, DMP. Uh, we will move into the week three recaps. Uh, you know, we saw a couple teams get to three and O, a couple teams fall to O and three, and then you know, guys in sort of that middle of the pack range start to uh, shape up. So, uh, Gino, why don't you take us through the? matchups really quickly from last week actually let me just pull up the weekly thing and i'll tee them up for you uh but i need to get that where weekly results there it is okay uh in a matchup that i think we both picked correctly uh we saw Deshaun's massage parlor put up an absolutely whopping 186 points good for the high of the week taking down Motley Jew by 80 points, 186 to 105.1. DMP goes to 3-0. and Motley goes to 1-2. and Yeah, I mean, anyone who played DMP this week would have lost. Motley was on the unfortunate end of that straw. Now, Motley's had a relatively nice start to the season, got that week one win early, but the past two weeks have been somewhat disappointing. Look, start with Motley. Running backs are going to be an issue. Jameer Gibbs hasn't produced, even though he got the uh, not starter. Joshua Kelly has been mm, ass. Uh, I know you had Aaron Rodgers who got hurt. Look, this Motley team is young, and they can play a role down the line. I think it's a little too early to say if they're a playoff team. As for DMP, rolling right along. If it wasn't Tyreek, it was Devontae Adams. This week it was kind of both of them. We talked about Jimmy G getting hurt and then drop, but Jalen Hurts continues to score those one-yard runs. I like DMP right where he is right now, 3-0. and uh yeah, that's a that's a good breakdown. He's definitely uh I would say in pole position to defend his title. Uh, I want to comment on something. Did you just live pod drop a player? I, I just got the alert that Melvin Gordon was dropped. Did you do that live on the air? No comment, Sniffs. Look, we're on a forty-five minute time mark. We got to keep this okay. Train moving. Okay, well, we're moving nicely along. Our next matchup was pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> we said that it was going to be intriguing for sort of the. Uh, more emotional side of the matchup. Uh, the point totals weren't there. One team had to win, though. Boats and Youngho finds himself at 3-0, and but only putting up 110 last week, taking down the Phantoms 110-108 to in a very close contest that I think uh, really has implications sending these teams in two completely opposite directions. Yeah, we talked about Boats and Young Ho, potential trap game in week two on the road against Gumbo. He escaped with a win. Now he goes back at home to the uh, oft-injured, notably tanking the Phantoms, and this was no walk in the park, but Boats, kind of like DMP, finding ways to win, albeit different ways, but kind of proving their championship pedigree. Look, Boats 110, you expect most weeks to lose. Josh Allen, Jordan Love did enough, but they didn't pop. No one else on that team exceeded 
the 13-point mark. That was Jacoby Myers coming back from a concussion and did score early. Now, as the Phantoms, on the other hand, 1-2, and 1-2 and two in the division. The positive, finally a good game from Jamar Chase. Hopefully that stays up. Uh, the negative, this running back room, Rashad White, Javante Williams, you already lost Cam Akers for being ass. It's very, very tough to trust. And, oh, by the way, you're not getting consistent production from either DJ Moore or JSN. What I will say is is interesting. It was a two-point loss, obviously, so <clears throat> the smallest of margins here. Mm-hmm. There, I believe there was, and probably rightfully so, consideration by Bradley to start a red-hot C.J. Stroud yeah. uh, over Justin Fields. That's a nine-point difference right there, easily getting him over the finish line. So he got rid of Bustin, so that decision no longer has to be made. But, um, you know... It could have been an interesting start to the season if he went to the rookie early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, we had, oh, God, I lost my screen. There it is. Uh, we had another pretty disgusting matchup that saw the shrimp put up their high of the season, though. Uh, they did fall to Cosmic Gumbo 109-95. to Uh much, much needed win for Gumbo getting to one and two in the division that has two three and O teams in it. So if they want to keep pace, uh, that was a really massive win for them after kind of struggling out of the gate. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, the shrimp has yet to put up 100 points, is 0-3 as a result of that. Uh, Gino, what do you have to say about these two teams? Yeah, um, when you said this is this one was disgusting as well, this was the one I was referring to. I mean, Shrimp and Gumbo, both 0-2, both needing wins. I'll start with Gumbo. This was a bittersweet pill, in my opinion, because he finally got production from guys like Alex Madison, who's been asked the first two weeks and has fumble issues, 18 points. He finally got production from Mike Williams, who scored a touchdown, but now he is on the IR with a torn ACL. So there's some positives to take away from this, but all of a sudden it's one step forward, two steps back for Gumbo. And at the end of the day, you only did score 109.94. Pickett continues to be a problem. Uh, Gino will have his Gino days, but I think 15 to 20 points is his range. Uh, As we go on to Shrimp... (laughs) I thought that the week two running back performance couldn't get any worse. Michael Carter and Isaiah Spiller, Spiller combined points, 1.5. Um, yes, he did have a 27-point bomb from Jay Jeff. And yes, TJ Hawkinson continues to produce at 15 points. But look, this 95 points might be the highest total that we will see from, from Shrimp. He does get Alvin Kamara back. But again, with only one quarterback and all these question marks, very, very hard to trust this roster. Yeah, and interestingly enough, uh, the Shrimp dropped Michael Carter... And I, someone else, he dropped, oh, oh uh, Devin Duvernay uh, today. So I wonder if it's a, I don't know how much Michael Carter was on the roster for. I wonder if he's trying to get a discount for him. Um, but I think Jimmy G is probably. Maybe Jimmy on. G. Uh, but yeah, that that's, you know, he's, he's approaching like, I don't have a running back to start territory. Right. So uh, tough go for the shrimp, but definitely I think is realizing the potential for a full-blown tank battle with Stevie. Speaking of Stevie, he is the next matchup we will talk about as we head into Israel. Not a bad performance, putting up 118.85 points. We mentioned it last week, but he's got guys. He's got young guys. Um, And you know what? You can be in a rebuild. You can tank. But if you strategically, you know, if you do well drafting and you do well identifying those kind of secondary pieces... There are surprises every season. So Stevie is is he's going to struggle this year, but 118.85 points uh, would have beaten 
almost half the league, maybe half the league this week. So he did run into a very strong Snake Eyes team who put up 158 points, getting to 2-1 and one on the season. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall encouraging, honestly, for both of these teams. Uh, and I, I think interesting for the shape of the Israel division. Look, Stevie has gotten progressively better week one through week three. Week one, 103. Week two, 107. Week three, 118. He's he's not last in points in this league. He's actually eighth uh, most points in this league. So there are four guys who rank below him. Look, Evil Stevie has gotten better each week. You see some of these young running backs and wide receivers actually being hits. Granted, there were a lot of them. But, I mean, talk about a stud in this uh, roster who was on the bench last week is Devin H. A. I mean, this is scary. So we talked about Stevie being better from year over year, and now all of a sudden he could actually beat people on a uh, given weekly basis. Shrimp hasn't cracked 100 for the first three weeks, and Evil Stevie hasn't gone under 100 in the first three weeks. Enough about Stevie, although it was nice to rant about him. Snake Eyes really needed this bounce back. He did it in a big way. He had not one, not two, not three, but four, five guys, counting on the fly, all go over 20 points. Um, nice, solid production from everyone. Big bounce-back game from A.J. Brown. He needs to have 20-point games because if the other guys like Metcalf and Gabe Davis don't hold their weight and Garrett Wilson, he might be in a potential to lose every single week. Kelsey bounced back, scored a touchdown. C-Mac continues to tread along. Kirk Cousins, despite their 0-3 record, stays hot and is on pace for a really record-breaking season at quarterback. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a good point. Uh, Snake Eyes has kind of backed up his preseason trash talking even though he has a loss on his record what i will say is interesting is that i now believe for stevie to uh, achieve the tank like he's gonna have to go out of his way to choose the wrong players to do it and it's it's well within his right I'm just saying that based on the talent on his roster, he's gonna. I think that he's gonna get cucked and just win a game because his roster is is definitively better than than Shrimps and and he ha, even if he says I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, Antonio Gibson in instead of James Cook or I'm gonna put I don't know you know any of these guys who are starting they all have the ability to like do something they're not putting right. up point 0.7 points so if he, if he decides to start a Desmond Ritter cuz Desmond Ritter has a bad matchup he could score 20 points right. over the so, receiver so you know we we talked about the non egregious tanking you have to start guys who are starting in the NFL um and i think Stevie has enough talent on his roster that even even if he does that every single week he he could win a game out of 14 weeks i think he well they're going to i don't know if they play each other but he will win if they do. Mm-hmm. Moving on, he's him club falls to Nadaddy Kongju in what was, I would say, as advertised as the matchup of the week. Right? That was the matchup of the week, if I remember yep. correctly. Uh, it did put up the most points out of any matchup of the week. Uh, Nadaddy Kong taking down HHC 165 to 150. So you do see now two weeks in a row, Nadaddy Kong has put up over 160 points. That typically gets it done on a weekly basis. Uh, it puts them well on track to make the playoffs and kind of in that point total tiebreaker start to move away from the pack even early on in the season 
from a point uh, a tie break perspective. But then across the table, you have uh, a two and zero confident HHC coming into the match. I don't think they can be upset moving to two and one with a one hundred and fifty point loss. No, not at all. I mean, you nailed it off the head. Two teams, two titans going head to head. Look, who's third in points? So far through three weeks, Nadadi Kong at 421.95. Who's fourth in points? Yours truly, HHC, 421.43. Half a point separates us through three weeks, and those are going to be the margins on a given basis. Look, HHC started hot, 32 points from Mr. Lamar Jackson, finally getting going on the ground, and then that same game, Zach Moss also bullied his way to 27 points. No one else cracked 15 points. Nadadi Kong had a legendary day, 41 points from Keenan Allen. That was probably the reason why he won. But remember, he also got off to a very, very hot start with not only one, but two Niners, Debo Samuel and George Kittle, having successful days at 40 points. Look, Nadadi Kong, proving the doubters wrong early in the season. We'll see if that's sustainable. Yeah, I think that these two teams, uh, you know, will continue to do battle with each other and, and challenge for... You know, as, as far as I can see it, that those top two spots in Israel are open, and uh, these two will be fighting for them as we head down the stretch. Our final matchup, I don't want to talk about it, but I have to. Uh, Iron Dome failing to put up 100 points, uh, you know, off the back of QB injuries, uh, just a total kind of decimation of, of the squad this week. Um and then not to mention facing the team that puts up the second highest points. It wouldn't have mattered. I would have lost to anybody this week. But uh, JOS starting with a very impressive 3-0 and record with a respectable point total. We talked about, you know, the results going the wrong way last year and going the right way this year. But they've earned it. Uh, could you be 2-1? and one? Sure. But 415 points puts you squarely in that top tier of teams, and you get the right breaks, and you're 3-0. and On the other hand, across the field, Iron Dome is 0-3. We have not been impressive. We have dealt with QB injuries. All you could do, though, is, is continue to plug those guys into the lineup and just trust that the roster is good. But 0-3, 3-0, Gino, what do you got to say about it? Look, I mean, JOS heading into this matchup only had two weeks of very, very consistent, I should say, average production. 116 in week one, 118 in week two. Um, yeah, he was on the right side of both those wins at 2-0, two, two but he hasn't had a very impressive week. Uh, throw those numbers out the window because outside of a 186 from DMP, JOS came to play. Uh, now, obviously it was propelled by a four-touchdown performance for Raheem Mostert. That's not going to happen every single week, but guys like Kenneth Walker, showing to everyone that he is a true bell cow. Uh, and yes, Ramondre Stevenson hasn't been great, but we really doubted this running back room. It's coming together, even with Najee Harris on the bench. Um, you ran into a buzzsaw for the second week in a row. That's your luck thus far this season, amplified by the injuries that you have and some of the mm, underwhelming performances from guys you really hung your hat on. Look, Amon Ra has been great. We all knew he was going to be. But CD hasn't caught a touchdown yet. I have him in a few other leagues. Bichon's been good, but not great. Um, and again, like these are the kind of things that make or break a week. Now, granted, you didn't crack 100. That's a different story. It was just a bad week all around. You weren't going to win. But I think there are concerns from Iron Dome moving forward. And JOS is in a pretty good position, 3-0, and top of his own uh, division. Pretty good stretch, I should say. Well, that is the week three recap. 
we will move right along into the week four previews. We're trying to bring you a more condensed version of the show, uh, keeping it under 40 minutes for the people who have a life. Uh, well, there's some good matchups on the scoreboard this week. Where to begin? Uh, I think we're going to begin with this one because these are two teams that I think have the ability to be, how do I say this? They hit the highs, they hit the highs very high, and they hit the lows very low. They are both capable of rational decision making, uh, and they both are into a good suicide joke. I am talking about Snake Eyes, of course, and I'm talking about the Phantoms. I miss spoke earlier saying that he went to 0-3. He did He did sneak out a win earlier in the year. Uh, but the Phantoms... Nicholson taking a fucking gummy. The Phantoms, 1-2, traveling across very, very, very turbulent borders into Israel to take on a surging Snake Eyes. This is one of my favorite matchups of the week to break down. A lot of history between the two. And like I said at the beginning of the show... This is the week that starts Israel v. Palestine. Again, only a short two weeks, but it's an interesting two weeks. Um, Svetim comes in as a 35-point dog. Uh, A lot of the pundits are saying he doesn't stand a chance, and based on his recent performance and some of these matchups, I don't think he stands too much of a chance either. C.J. Shroud going against a very good Pittsburgh Steelers defense, got a great pass rush. Don't think he'll be very productive, and Deshaun Watson going up against a very tough Baltimore Ravens defense. At the end of the day, it's too much sna- uh, firepower for Snake Eyes and some plus matchups. C-Mac, guess who he's playing? Arizona. Now, look, Arizona did play well last week. They contained the Cowboys. I think San Francisco's a different animal. Nine-day rest. Oh, by the way, they're not traveling. They stay home. Kirk Cousins is taking on the Carolina Panthers. They lost Xavier Worthy, their safety, Xavier Woods, their safety. They also lost J.C. Horn to IR earlier in the season. Kirk Cousins is going to continue to shred. Three straight games of 300-plus yards. Snake Eyes wins. I think Snake Eyes wins in a blowout. I don't want to say 154, but give me 147 to the Phantoms 121. Yeah, I, you know, this is one of those games where I, I try to do the math on the back of my napkin and figure out the route for the underdog to win. Um, and it's not adding up this week for me. What I do love to see, though, is it, I'm sure he'll get cucked by it because he, he, you know, all the voodoo magic that he can conjure up. But C.J. Stroud, he's finally in the lineup. I think he's got three consecutive games to start his career over 300 yards passing. Uh, am I making this up? Does he have no picks? No picks. So it's it's fun to see a guy that like he thought was actually going to be like the the. The 1B in his quarterback room really stepping up. So I agree. He's lost two fumbles, though. All right. <laughs> Tiny hands, fingies. Uh, I do agree with you. Snake Eyes does move to 3 and 1. However, I do think the game is a little bit more competitive than the projection has it out to be. I'm taking Snake Eyes 136 to the Phantoms 122, easily I mean, covering the spread. Let me just ask you a question. I'll lob it over to you, right? Smart, sharp, or stupid. Cole Komet is a starting tight end for the Phantoms over Dallas Goddard and Kyle Pitts. I I don't really know how you justify Komet over Goddard. I, I don't. But if the tank is on, Jim, <laughs> then it's sharp. Okay, so smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, either one. Uh, all right, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. 
Get the wrong adjective, right mind. Moving on. Uh, this is an interesting matchup to me for a few reasons. Uh, the records, I'll, I'll do this little game where I talk about it before I reveal the teams. One and two traveling across the border into Israel taking on 0 and 3. So there's a, there's actually two matchups that fit the bill this week with that qualification. Um, in this scenario, though, we just talked about it in, in the preview or in the recaps. One team last week got a probably bittersweet win. They're on the board with their first victory of the year. They did it with a low output. The other side, the team's 0-3, has increased their point total week after week. They don't want to win, though. Stevie, one side of this matchup, does not want to win. Gumbo does. They don't have their first-round pick. I could see this being the matchup, Gino, where Stevie gets that really ill-advised win on the season. Uh, Gumbo wants to go to 2-2. Two and two. Stevie wants to go to 0-4. Will they be happy? Look, I like the analysis. I'm going to you know, show my hands right now. I think Stevie gets his first win. He's coming in favored by a very slim margin of three, but what does Stevie have going for him? One, two, three players in the Miami v. Buffalo game. That's going to be high scoring. Tua, Devin A. Chain, James Cook. A lot of points in that one. Um, not to mention Nico Collins and Houston are probably going to be in garbage time. Adam Thielen looked revitalized last week. They'll probably be playing from behind. I don't know about Christian Watson's full bill of health, but I do know that Pen French Fryermuth is a reliant target around the goal line. Gumbo is in shambles. I think Miles Sanders is going to be completely out of this ball game because of game script. I think you can make a similar case to Derrick Henry as you saw last week against uh, Cleveland. Kenny Pickett against Houston. I like the matchup. I don't like the player. Uh, same thing with Geno Smith this week coming back to New York. Don't really love the matchup, but I kind of like the player. <laughs> um, look, outside of DeAndre Hopkins blowing up, which I don't think is going to happen, I don't think Gumbo is going to crack that 127-point projection. I have Evil Stevie finishing right around that 127, 125-point mark. I'm going to give him the win, 127, 114. Evil Stevie finally gets his first win of the year. I hate to say it, but I agree with you. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking down this Stevie lineup and and like 25 roster spot dynasty roster. It's pretty good. Like it's it's not. There's young pieces on there, and then when you look at guys that were like in his mind a throw in, you have Thielen, who's been fucking great this year. Uh, you have Elijah Moore, who is sufficient. So like. Everyone else on the roster is young and up and coming. I think Stevie does get the win this week. My question for you is, if Stevie does win, do they just say, like, I'm probably not going to be able to win the tanking sweepstakes? Like, do I just go for it with my pick? I mean, here's the thing. He has such a plethora of picks in 2024 that I've talked to him, and again, we could change his mind, but if he gets the second, third, right. and fifth pick, he's very content. So I think after this week, maybe week five or six, and he says, look, I'm two and four. I'm three and three. I mean, God bless. But he could rattle off a playoff victory or a playoff berth and get knocked out in the first round. I'd be very, very happy with where he lands draft pick-wise. Yeah, unfortunately, if he is three and three, it means I have lost to him. So uh, I'm hoping that is not the case. But I, sure. I, do, I do think that Stevie does get the win this week, whether he's happy about it or not. Uh, I think the... The roster that he's trying out this week is good. I'm going to say highest point total of the year for him, 124 to 103. Gumbo asking questions. Uh, moving on, who do we have? Who do we have? 
Gambia. We have. Uh, where is that? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. No, we talked about Gambia already. <laughs> oh, <that>. no. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. We're going back. Here, here we go. Here we go. We got a good one. We got a good one. This is my favorite matchup typically of the year. It's uh, older brothers who have younger brothers who are also in the league matchup of the season. Obviously, I don't have to go on. We got Motley Jew taking. Oh, no, that's not the matchup. That would be JOS. Just, just forget what I said. Gino's right. I've had a, I've had a gummy. I've had a gummy. <laughs> uh, you can't fault me. I've had a gummy. Uh, well, anyway, we're talking about JOS taking yeah. on Motley Jew. <laughs> um, these are these are teams that you know. JOS first place in the Israel division right now. I want to say probably second place overall in the league. Uh, they are. I think in their head, they're looking at this as a favorable matchup, uh, hosting a one and two Motley Jew who has to come into Israel. It's interesting. They are one of the few teams that leaves Palestine and, and kind of goes home. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're displaced Jews in Palestine. But uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I think right now, JOS is a nine point favorite, but a pretty high point total for the matchup do you go over or under in this one and and who do you got winning it yeah I think to answer that first question I like points in this one there's a lot of fireworks at play here uh we'll get into it right away look JOS Motley Jew this one I like to call the uh, return to Airmont okay uh Motley Jew traveling back down Terry Lane now JOS is 3-0 we talked about the Average week one performance, the average week two performance, but the explosion in week three, he's riding that momentum into week four. And oh, by the way, look at these matchups. Trevor Lawrence against Atlanta in London, so kind of weird with London games, but Patrick Mahomes at home against the Jets. I think that he shreds. I think they have a great day. Raheem Mostert coming off a four-touchdown performance, probably not going to score four, but there will be a shootout in Buffalo. I think he scores points. Like, say, Flowers against Cleveland. The young rookie has been the number one receiver. Terry McLaurin against Philly. They're probably going to be throwing a lot. Sam Laporte is an interesting one. He goes off tonight, Thursday night. Everyone's on his over, so that means you, normally it's a cuck, but he's been very, very involved thus far as an alpha tight end. This Shea West team projected at 141. He scored 180 last week. I think he goes way north of this 141, and I don't think Motley Dew is going to keep pace. However, I do think he's going to score points. At the end of the day, Motley Dew is not going to put up enough because he's got guys like Dak and like Brock Purdy don't really love the matchups. Now I know what you're saying. Brock Purdy against Arizona, they're going to be up in that game that they're just going to start handing off in 16 point projection. Honestly, that feels right. Dak again, 17. He's not going to go for a 25 point day. The volley is just not going to be there. I like the young receivers for Motley Jew, just not enough to get it done. Give me JOS 155. Motley Jew though, 138. Yeah, you have disagreement here. I I I don't. I'm going out on a limb here for sure, uh, but I, I see a world where the QBs on JOS underwhelmed this week, uh, and you know, for their struggles early on, the Jets' defense is good. I think they're they're going to force the run game a little bit out of Mahomes. I don't know if they have the ability to do that, but there's a world where I see Mahomes underperforming and there's a world where I see the Jacksonville Atlanta game turn into a ground and pound fest in London. So while on paper, it's very clear that that's the better QB room. I don't know that it's going to be that big of an advantage. I think that Calvin Ridley is sort of the 
difference maker, which is weird because I just talked about the potential struggles for Trevor Lawrence. But Calvin Ridley had the ability, it seemed, to be a, a league winner and then kind of went to sleep for the next two weeks. So uh, I think this is a lot closer than maybe it looks on paper. And we have to remember, JOS is 3-0, and but down the stretch last year, they weren't playing 3-0 football. So I think this is a surprise victory for Motley Jew. Changes the complexion of the league. Give me Motley Jew 131 to 124 in a pretty close one that, that does go under, in my opinion. Look, I mean, look, I think Motley Jew is going to be right around that 130, 135 point mark. I just think it's a much better day from JOS. I think all his guys stay involved. Um, touchdowns would be obviously the big difference maker. If guys like Kenneth Walker, instead of finding two, just is able to find one, I think that's enough. I think guys like Terry McLaurin, again, if he's able to find the end zone, JOS is on the verge of popping 140, 150 every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. I love him. Uh, moving on. We have a vaunted 3-0 versus 0-3 matchups. As you know, all of the matchups this week are taking place uh, across borders. Um, This one is particularly close to the heart for me uh, as the 0-3 opponent in this matchup hosting Boats and Youngho, who snuck by the skin of his teeth last week against the Phantoms. What can I say about this one? I mean, Boats looking to maintain his supremacy in Palestine. Uh, and after being crowned by Gino as the odds-on favorite to win the league this year, I am trying to scratch and claw for my first victory. Um, you know, on paper, I, I look, I look, go on the fucking ballers. I go on Fantasy Pros. I just look at all this stuff, and I look at the rankings. And, and like... I'm scratching my head as to how I am 0-3. But there have been bad performances. On the other side of the ball, Boats and Young Ho has the question marks at running back. Does Saquon Barkley play? Does Austin Eckler play? If both of them don't go, there are question marks at that running back position. You know I pick myself every week. Uh, I need to have a bounce back week this week. But Gino, as the relatively unbiased partner in this show. What do you think about this matchup? This is a spicy one. Um, We've talked about Boats being potential trap game facing the past two weeks. Um, Has answered the bell both times, both times with a victory, not necessarily a overwhelming victory, or overwhelming performance, I should say. Um, Now, all of a sudden, he gets one of his horses back, and Saquon, I think he's going to play. Austin Eckler obviously already ruled out. By the um, way, that is fake news. That what? that Saquon ruled out is fake news. He, he, Eckler, he pra- or Eckler it practiced today. No, he got ruled out. No, nah, it was Monger, Monger Media Network. Okay. Anyway, um, if guys like a Brandon Ayuk are going to return, because I know he's been banged up and he missed last Thursday, but coming off 10 days rest, he should be fine. Uh, Chris Godwin got going. Guys like Devontae Smith and Jacoby Myers have been consistent thus far this season. You'd like to see a little bit more out of Evan Ingram. I think this projection's a little high at 157. That doesn't mean I don't think Boats is still going to win. Um, I love what Jordan Love is doing. I know I said love a lot. 
And again, Josh Allen, very, very good matchup. I think Boats takes it to around 140, 145. I don't think Dome gets there. That's his projection right now. Don't love the matchup from Kyron Williams. Don't love the matchup from Bijan. And don't love the matchup from Travis Etienne. So all those running backs I think are going to struggle this week. Yes, Joe Burr returned, played very good ball. Yes, Anthony Richardson is back from concussion. I just don't trust it. I don't trust enough to get to 140. I'm going to say south of your projection. It's a close one, though. 145. Iron Dome falls to 0-4. 132. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> Humbly going to continue to back myself. Um, I will say this. The current lineup that is in there is subject to change on my end um there is definitely a world where i take one of those running backs in and and substitute a a tyler lockett um i could see that being a situation where he has a good game against the giants but regardless i gotta take myself just i'm I'm just Fucking Kim Jong-un went out there and told his people that he shot an 18 on the golf course. I'm going to go out here and tell my guys that we're going to go to 1-3, and three, and we're going to play Stevie next week, and we're going to go to 2-3, and three, and then we're going to take down HHC, and we're going to be 3-3. <laughs> three and three. So you could do the math. You could do the DVOA. Give me Iron Dome. 137 to 133. Absolute schwitzfest, but the world is right again. We will see. I will say one thing. Christian Gonzalez, very, very good cornerback, rookie, Oregon, plays for New England. He's going to get matched up against CD. CD hasn't scored a touchdown thus far this season. That could be an interesting one. Projected 17 points, the highest of any of your three receivers. Just a just a matchup to watch there. Um, Puka's going to have D. 23 for 450 and three. I disagree. <laughs> Moving on, we will talk about HHC finally. There's not much to say in this matchup. He is hosting an 0-3 shrimp who he's projected 108 points. But I don't know what the projectors are smoking because he hasn't gotten over, I think, eight, oh, did he have 90-something this week? He had, he had 95 this week. Sorry, shrimp. I know you're listening. Uh, either way, the shrimp is in a position to tank. He's been dropping players. Uh he, he's been probably understanding of the fact that you can't survive with... Ooh, he's getting Alvin Kamara back this week, Jim. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think it matters, but that's where the running back is coming from. Either yeah. way, I don't think Stevie has enough to get it done. I think that they will, after a Stevie win this week, be in the driver's position for the one overall and realize it. So, Gino, you can break this one down, but I know what I'm talk- I'm picking here. I mean, the, the highlight is Kamara comes back. I, I don't know how productive Kamara is going to be relative to expectations. And expectations are 14.5 points. I think that that is very, very fair. Uh, I think he comes out. He gets involved. He's in a full workload. Kendra Miller worked in last week. Uh, I think he's going to get added touches as well. And they're going to ease Kamara back oh. in. I don't think, don't think he's necessarily in playing shape. But here's the thing about Shrimp. Only one quarterback. It's Goff. It's an all right matchup. Uh, yes, Justin Jefferson is going to eat. 19 points, that's very low. Give him another 10, let's call it 30 points. I think he's going to do great. I think T.J. Hawkins is also going to shred. But again, there's one Boston Scott, two Tyler Boyd, three Zay Jones, four, five Sky Warren, Rasheed Rice. I can't trust either of those guys. They might combine all of them, honestly, for 20 points themselves. Um, I'll give Shrimp 100 points. I will say that this is the week he does it on the backs of Justin Jefferson and T.J. Hawkins, 100%. 
Uh, let's give him 102. HHC just has to crack that. I think he does. I don't think it's a great week from HHC. Don't like these matchups. Brian Robinson against Philly. Lamar Jackson against Cleveland. But again, I think there's enough there. Olavius, Stefan Diggs, and newly acquired, newly starting rookie Quentin Johnson is going to get in there. Go ahead. Not to mention Luke Musgrave tonight. 128 to 102. Do you have the seeds? Do you have the seeds to start Jameis Winston this week? Just because you're, you're playing the shrimp, you have Olavius, you get the stack. People are saying it's going to be good for Olavius. Yeah, I'm thinking about you it. You should, because because you want him to have confidence with one start under his belt. If you got to go to him. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. I've, I've played around with this all week. Because it's shrimp, I could probably afford to start Jameis and not worry about the final outcome of my quarterbacks. However, if I were to bench one, I don't know who's going to have the better game. Lamar Jackson yeah, on the road I would, Cleveland? I would bench, or Russell, I would bench Lamar. I think Russell's going to have like four touchdowns this week. I, I would agree with you. So I, I think Russell's going to do enough. I think he's going to put up a combined, what, 28? And that's going to be a combined, what, 14 to 14 each from Lamar. So Russell will equal both of those guys, in my opinion. So yeah. Well, you have agreement on the matchup. Uh, I'm going to say it's not going to be a good week for HHC, uh, 119 to 85, 86, so it's not an even number, a round number. Your matchup of the week is a good one. DMP going on the road to take on Nadaddy Kong Ju. DMP is 3-0. He is the defending champion. He has the most points in the league, but it has been impressive for Nadaddy Kong. Over the last two weeks, they have cracked 160 points, uh, just knocking people off of their horses. Um, and really, after an offseason of, of being hated on, they are proving us wrong. Across the ball, not much to say about DMP. He is just back to doing what he does, and he'll be trotting out busting fields in place of Jimmy G. Gino, I want to hear your take on this one because it's a good one. DMP looking to stay alive. Three and zero. He's the defending champ. He's making moves left and right. Uh, he's coming in with a a lot of firepower, a lot of momentum. A uh, guy who normally likes the spotlight off of him has gotten the spotlight thrust back into his face. Uh, earlier this week, Tyreek Hill came out and said, "I want to be a porn star when I retire." Uh, you got guys like Justin Fields this week via trade. Upstart Jerome Ford. Continuous a great year of Tony Pollard. This is a scary-looking room, which three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we were doubting. Oh, by the way, Mike Evans still gets it done. Tutu Atwell should have had a touchdown last week. This is a complete roster. I do worry about the tight end. I don't think Njoku's great. The depth there is not great. But DMP, any given week, you see a 150 next to his projection, and you say, yeah, that's about fair. Now, Daddy Kangju, he's had two very, very strong weeks. Put up 165 last week, put 180 up the week prior. I mean, Nadaddy Kong is very, very capable of having these crazy blow-up matchups. Now, when you start Justin Herbert, love that against the Raiders. They're going through hell. D. Jones, I think, does enough against Seattle to have a pretty good performance. Really can't trust Josh Jacobs, not where he is right now. But DeAndre Swift has been playing absolutely out of his mind. And then you go off in 18-catch performance from Keenan Allen. Nadaddy Kong could do a lot here. Here's where I'm going to side with Nadaddy Kangju. And it always comes down to these two players. Yeah, it's the running backs. Nope. No, I'm, for me it is. But anyway, go ahead. It's George Kittle and Debo Samuel. And every week I say, if those guys have games, 
It's very, very hard to stop Daddy Kong. Now, last week, Debo had a game score to touchdown. George Kittle also put up 15 points. I think they both combined for north of 40. That's enough to get it done. DMP just doesn't have enough firepower from, I don't know if it's Justin Fields. I don't know if it's a tough matchup again with Tony Pollard. But Daddy Kong does enough. 158 to 146. Yeah, I, I don't hate that I'm agreeing with you, like out of principle. I hate that I'm agreeing with you because I don't want to see. I want everyone from Palestine to win this week. Uh, especially a two and one team who has just been putting points up, just fucking left and right. I agree with you. I think the Daddy Kong just has too much firepower this week for Deshaun. Great QB matchups. Um, the only area to me that's a little scary is is Josh Jacobs and DeAndre Swift. We've seen DeAndre Swift, you know, hitting holes, doing what he's got to do. I just I. It, I don't want to trust that that's just going to continue for the long haul. So Josh Jacobs has struggled this year. That's, to me, the only spot on the roster that potentially is the problem. I think this is going to be a shootout. The 152 to 148 projection, I think, is fitting. I just think it's going to be flipped on its head. Uh, Give me the Daddy Kong to continue breaking 160 points. 163 to 149 moving to three and one making a stamp on their start to the season i got a question for you 12 and a half reception for keenan would you take the over who are they playing the raiders i who's starting a quarterback for the raiders aiden o'connell don't know. I, I'm, my, I'm, just saying, I'm, asking, I'm, I'm asking you how I, many receptions. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I'm that. doing the math in my head. I don't think he needs to catch twelve balls, but that's a good line. <laughs> it's a fair line. Why is that his projection? No, no. I'm just saying. Like I'm throwing it out there. He caught eighteen last. No, week. no. I know. Dude, they are going to throw all over. No, Keenan. If Keenan stays healthy, he's the way that Herbert has been playing. Do uh, he's he's scary, and it's funny that he's been traded for a couple first round picks. Maybe he's making up for lost time. Uh, but that is that is week four. A uh, lot of interesting storylines, really good matchups out of division. Gino, let's bring the Fade Gino 5 back before we wrap this thing up. Absolutely. Uh, well, we, we didn't do it last week. so I'm about to say, we took week three off for uh, two reasons. One, because I've been ass. The other reason is there were people knocking on the door. However, what we did hit in week two was our can't lose parlay. So let me recap thus far. Week two. I had Steelers, Bengals. You had Jags, Colts. They can't lose parlay. Giants, money line. Buffalo, uh, Oak, uh, Las Vegas, under 47. Bengals, Ravens, over 46. That did hit. This week, my absolute lock of the week. You're getting, you get first pick? pick? No. no, 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 no. I'm just asking. I don't know. You you could have it. I want to hear your absolute no, no, no. lock of the week. No, no, it's gonna be. It's not going to be my pick, so go. I want You, you go first. I, I wasn't ready, Pin. <laughs> All right, my absolute lock of the week, my absolute lock of the week that I just figured out right now. I'm going to do it, Jim. I'm taking the Bengals minus two and a half. I think, I think, I didn't, I knew it wasn't yours. It's not your type of pick. Uh, The Bengals are are road favorites. I think Tennessee is ass, and I don't think the Bengals are ass. I I think they're, they're struggling right now, but... They got the win last week against the Rams. I think two and a half is a good line for me. It might be a sucker line, but I'm taking it. Yeah, that is a stay-away game if I've ever seen one. Home dog Mike Vrabel. Yeah. I, I'm oh, not I'll give my nut. Oh. Um, 
My absolute stone cold lock of the week is uh, New York Giants. I'm telling you. I mean, they're they're minus one. They're, my mom, sorry, they're they're plus one right now. I like them. Um, look, you're coming off ten days rest. You're at home. This is a great spot for the New York Giants. Their look ahead two games are Miami and Buffalo. That is a tough, tough two weeks. You have to get this win at home. It's prime time. You have the extra day at rest. It's 11 days. Seattle is traveling all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. I know it's a standalone game. The Giants have to be better offensively than they were. If you look at the Seattle defense, they just let up a ton of yards to Andy Dalton. This is going to be a Giants game where they control tempo as opposed to getting control like they have been wow. in the first three weeks. So I think the Giants are a lock. Give me 27 to 20, New York Giants. Are, um, what what are you looking at? Whose lines are you looking at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you lying? Who's the what are you lying? Whose lines are you looking at, yeah, my yeah, guy? The, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had FanDuel. You're not even looking at lines. You're just making these lines up right now. No, I'm looking at CBS. Ooh, all right. Well, I am gonna take another favorite here. By the by, wait, what? Am I even in the right? Where did it go? Oh, I'm so high. Okay, I am taking... Oh, you're going to love this one, Gino. I'm taking Revenge Game, Jamulius, the Saints, minus three and a half at home against the Bucks. The Bucks. I don't care what anybody says. Baker Mayfield's not good. They're not good. Jamulius is good. And the Saints getting Kamara back. I think Olavius is going to have a real coming out game, by the way, this week. Uh, but yeah, Saints, minus three and a half. Hammer job. I do like the Saints. I, I do like that one a lot. They're in there. They're my two-game. Uh, I didn't give them much weight. Look, this is the other one that I, just because of who they are as a team, I cannot take them in most weeks, and especially considering that they're on the road, and especially considering that they're 0-3. That's right. I am backing the 0-3 plus the 4 Minnesota Vikings oh, on the road. Disgusting. I know it's gross, and I don't care really who starts for Carolina. I'd actually prefer that it's Bryce Young, though, to be honest with you, the way Andy Dalton slung that thing last week on the road against Seattle. Um, look, Minnesota has done enough to not be 0-3. I think their record is not indicative of their team. They put up a lot of points offensively, and Carolina fails to do that. Yeah, they might stop them a few times, and yeah, the Vikings might do something stupid, but I think the Vikings win. I think they win by a touchdown. Give me 31-20, to Minnesota on the road. Gets their first win, covers the plus four. Yeah, I like it. I have my over, by the way. Am I allowed to do this? I'm taking that game's over in our parlay because it's a fucking, sure. it's a good, it's a good number. Because, mm-hmm. ah, the only, the, ah, do I want to do that? Because you have exposure. The only thing I'm afraid of is Bryce Young is he fucking just totally ass when he comes back. I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, let me, let me, I'm, I'm looking. I'm considering. He's stirring it up. Stirring well, you usually go first with your unders. Well, we usually take a money line first. You oh, you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a gummy too, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I, I oh, went oh, with my second oh, game, so now you lead in with a money line because you were too. Okay, enough. I will pick the money line. You be, no, 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 no. I'm, you, you took it last okay. time. I'm taking the money okay. line. You scumbag. Okay. Um, ooh, do I do it because I have the power to do it? I'm doing it, baby. We're taking the Rams. The Rams money line. Pick them. They're minus 118. I love them. Rams, baby. On the road, playing the Colts. 
the the rumor is that Alaric Jackson is going to play the lineman for the Rams. For those of you, for those of you casuals out there, uh, they're going to win. Matt Stafford has looked great when he hasn't been on his ass. So I, I know you're you're looking around over there. So are you ready for your for your under? Uh, look, I agree with the pick'em. Uh, the Rams have had a very tough schedule to start the season. They've played three straight playoff teams, uh, and two of those have been on the road. So you played Seattle, you beat them. Then you have San Francisco, great team, and then you go on the road primetime against Cincinnati. Look, to be one and two in this position with all their injuries is good. They're a much better team than the Colts. They're on the road. I love the Rams in this money line. By the way, they're one of, I think, three three or four teams undefeated against the spread this year. So That yeah, matters. All right, take your over. I'm going to take my under. Are you ready for your under? I don't know if I'm ready for my over. I think it's, oh, it's your turn. Jesus, Marone. I was just <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? What the hell? All right, fine. What you know what hell? I'm going to do? I just I was looking at this, and whatever team they were playing, I'm going to take it. I'm the taking hell? the over 42 and a half in the Texans Steelers game. I like C.J. Stroud, and I think like the Steelers offense that has struggled mightily. I think this game is like going to be a sneaky shootout. Uh, because both teams are going to be playing loose. They want to win. They think they can win. Um, and honestly, I don't see why uh, C.J. Stroud can't continue what he's been doing. Yeah, I don't hate it. This is a much better week for picking uh, overs than it is for unders. Uh, Here a lot we of, go. A lot of the games that I would consider um, are probably not ones that I, you know, on a given week, let's just say, it, this favors me. It's not in my favor this week. Raiders Chargers are going to be my under, and that's 49. I've had success betting the Raiders under. Uh, don't know who their quarterback is going to be, even if it is Jimmy G. I don't think that they're going to do enough to hold serve against this Chargers offense. Just like week two when they played the Bills on the road, the Bills could score a ton of points and blow the Raiders out, and it could still hit the under. That's what I think is going to happen in this game. Give me 31 10. Chargers over the Raiders, the under is 49. I think that hits, and I think that hits within about a four or six point mark. Yeah, I like that. I, I think you're what you're you're betting against the Raiders offense. It's 31 13, 31 yeah. 10, 27 10, that sort of game. Just the only thing that scares look. me is how ass the the Chargers defense has been this year. Oh, it's ass. Oh, yeah, it is hot ass, but mm, hot ass. What does that pay, Gin? Before we um, sign off, that, that pays. I don't know, but I think plus four eighty six because that sounds about Let's right. Let's see. I got. <laughs> I got the over. I got the. What's the money line? The Ramios. Uh-huh. And then we got the under. That is plus five sixty seven. That's a juicy oh. one, baby. I'm gonna lock that well, in. I'm gonna lock that in now. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Again, that's a pod, oh, baby. Man. We're about to watch some football, order some food, be a bunch of boys. God bless and go get that corn.